Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's talk about the uh, largest convening of two SLGBTQI plus communities across this country. It's taking place in Ottawa today through Monday through the Enchanté Network, supported by over 200 uh, 2SLGBTQI plus communities and organizations across this country. It's a call to action to combat hate in this country and across, uh, you know, further afield, internationally. National polling, I found this interesting, national polling by Ipsos for Global News shows 48% of Canadians say they would be likely to speak up against homophobic or transphobic comments on social media. Tyler Boyce is the executive director of the Enchanté Network, adjunct professor at the Faculty of Law in the University of Ottawa. I wanted to tell you something more about him. He's nationally recognized as a human rights activist, navigating the world as black, queer, and from an immigrant household. Tyler has used his experience to drive a career focused on movement, building and dismantling the beliefs and systems that lead to discrimination and inequity in the first place, including colonialism, capitalism, white supremacy, and patriarchal structures. Tyler, thanks for joining us. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. Talk to us, please, about the Enchanté Network. You're fairly new, but you do have a great deal of national representation. Tell us about the, uh, the network. Yeah, of course. So the, we're the largest network of queer, trans, and two-spirit organizations in the country. Um, and it's really, we're based on a vision. It's the vision that collective power means something. So really uniting folks from uh, coast to coast to coast to ensure that queer, trans, and two-spirit communities not only have a place in our society, but a place to thrive. And and what are you seeing in this country when there's a concern about hate uh, in among the Enchanté Network and among uh, supporting uh, organizations in this country nationally? That uh, that has to be a concern to everybody in Canada. What are you experiencing? What are you seeing? Yeah, so we all saw the pretty grim data come out of StatsCan. A 64% increase in the number of hate crimes um, against queer and trans communities. That's more than double an increase in a single year. And we're seeing it not in one part of the country, but from coast to coast to coast. So naturally, we're organizing as Canada's largest network to make sure that no, no one, no one in this country is experiencing um, hate crimes uh, at their job, on the street, just because of who they are or, or who they love. No, nobody should. Absolutely not. And before we uh, before we went on the air, I told you about my conversations and my involvement with Michael uh, uh, Leshner and Mike Stark in the early '90s when uh, they became the first gay couple to marry, and it was a huge issue. In fact, it in, impacted significantly the provincial election in uh, in 1990 when the Liberals couldn't make up their minds how they felt about it. My point all along was, look, if two people love each other, leave them alone. Let them do what they feel they, they want to do. Just get out of their lives. Let them be who they wish to be. And, um, you know, Michael and Mike and their dog, Mikey, I always found that interesting. I, I call and I get the voicemail. You're uh, talking to the household of Mike, Michael, and Mikey. And I had to ask them one day, who's Mikey? And they said, that's our dog. Uh, they they married and they've been very happy together. They were together for 30 years before they got married. Just a case of leave leave people to be who they are. That just seems to be the right way to do it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So when you talk about hate that's taking place and you talk about the job um, market in this country or people who uh, experience hate on the job, what sorts of issues and circumstances and experience are we talking about, Tyler? What's going on? Yeah, so, you know, to give a, to give a concrete example, um, just last summer, um, we spent uh, our time here at the Enchanté Network supporting one of our member organizations um, outlawed North Bay. Um, they were organizing a, a drag event, and their executive director woke up to a number of really, really awful um, threats in, in his email inbox, um, ranging from threats on the center to threats on his life. Um, in his workplace, at his work email address. So that, that's what, when we talk about a 64% increase in hate, like, it's not just a, a, a stat. It's, it's really what people are, you know, waking up and being told, you know, having threats against your life because of you, you organized a drag show. Um, that's not really the, the country, you know, that makes people feel proud to be in. Um, we, we all saw what happened at the University of Waterloo, another example, just earlier this summer, where someone walked into uh, University of Waterloo to one of their undergraduate classes that was talking about gender identity and trans identity, and this really disturbed homophobic individual um, went in and, you know, attacked the, the professor and attacked two students with a knife. Um, these are real security uh, threats against our communities, against allies, and just against like the everyday person, and all because of you know really dangerous rhetoric around hate that's being drummed up by folks in power. Um, so what we're doing at the Enchanté Network is making sure that you know no one feels scared sitting in a university class, no one feels scared opening up their email inbox in the morning simply because of who they are or who they love, and that's the theme of this conference. Yeah, no, I mean, you should never experience uh, threats on your life because of who you are, threats of any kind. But you do have a lot of uh, cross-section of the Canadian community participating in the conference who are very much involved, engaged, and supportive of your, of your, of your, of your efforts, correct? Very much. What's right? You have various organizations from unions to uh, other organizations across Canada who are participating in the conference this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. So we have foundations um, from the philanthropic center um, sector. We have our government partners from all levels of government and allied nonprofit organizations working nationally, regionally, provincially, municipally. Um, it's really, you know, addressing this issue is going to take all of us. Uh, it's really going to take an intersectoral approach where we're coming together across a variety of different uh, areas of expertise to really address hate not in one way, but to address what hate against queer and trans communities looks like in, in housing, in, in the legal sphere, in healthcare. So when we're coming up with those public policies, we're able to, not, to understand the issue in a variety of sectors and come up with, with the solutions to solve it that take into consideration the uniqueness of what does hate look like in healthcare? What does it look like in the legal system? That's well, how well, we, tell, that's us, how we call tell us, please, what, what, what's happening as far as um, hate in the healthcare situation, in, in the legal um, aspects of this country, and in housing? What, what does the, how does the hate manifest itself? So we heard earlier on your program uh, a conversation, um, you know, with, with uh, the government of Saskatchewan talking about pronouns in their recent um, attack on trans kids. 
when it comes to using the pronouns that they feel comfortable with. Well, what we know with the data, not rhetoric, but data, is that 60, more, 60% of homeless youth in this country are members of the queer, trans, or two-spirit community. What does it mean for a youth to be homeless? Well, it's because a lot of us get kicked out of our houses when our parents found out, find out that we're queer or we're trans. So what it means for us to be, you know, looking at uh, good public health or good public policy when it comes to housing is always making sure that it's grounded in the data, making sure that we understand that housing policy needs to consider the fact that queer kids are being thrown out of their homes because of who they are. Yeah, that's hard to hear. That, that is hard to hear. I, uh, I recall, again, when we were doing the programs in the uh, late 80s, early, early 90s, the programs that we aired on the issue of same-sex marriage, that was the issue of the day. There was a gentleman who called in and he said uh, that his wife would not allow their son and his son's partner um, into their home for dinner even because they had a same-sex relationship. And I thought that was, you know, that's always stayed with me as a very sad story where the mother turns, or any parent, turns their back on their child for their child's um, uh, way of life. It's more than a way of life. You don't choose who you are. That's, you know, we went through all of that in the, in the early 90s. What about, so I'm looking at some polling here from Ipsos, Global News, and uh, it reads that while Canadians are broadly supportive of the LGBTQ2S plus community, more so than many other countries globally, likelihood to engage in supportive behavior for this community is more divided. So 48% of Canadians say they would speak up against homophobic or transphobic comments on social media. 46% say they would sign a petition in support of LGBTQ2S plus rights. 46% say they would talk to family and friends about rights. And 32% said they would likely take action to support the LGBTQ2S plus rights, such as attend a rally or donate to charity. But you also have a consistent portion of about 3 in 10, 27 to 36% respectively, say they would be very unlikely to do each of these things. How do you, how do you, Tyler, interpret those numbers? What do they say to you? Yeah, they say that, um, that we still have work to do. We really do. Um, every time society is on a, is, is experiencing some type of transformation when it comes to inclusion or equity, it's not going to happen overnight. Those numbers would have been so much lower in terms of people who are supportive of human rights for queer and trans folks um, 10 years ago. They would have been even lower 20 years ago. But society is moving in the right direction. That's what those statistics uh, say, say to me. They also remind me that right now, queer and trans folks are more visible than ever before. No longer are um, media outlets not meeting with queer and trans folks. No longer are queer people hiding in the closet or trans people deciding to hide who they are and take their lives rather than live fully in their truth. Right now, we're seeing this, this level of visibility that's, that is quite un unprecedented. So the data tells us that we have work to do, but it also tells us that we've come so, so far. I, I really find that very disturbing, Tyler, that somebody would get death threats. Anybody would get death threats 
just for being who they are and what they're doing. I find that awfully disturbing. Um, but how many Canadians do you think just don't know what the community is about? I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but how many? what's the percentage of people you think just don't know? Yeah, I think that there, that there are definitely, you know, Canadians who don't, who have ideas about what the queer community is, who queer people are, but, you know, if they're listening to this, and hopefully they are, queer people are just like you, just like anyone else in society. We're not perfect, we're flawed, we're, we have hopes, we have dreams, just regular people. Uh, one thing I'll add is that I think that there's so many more Canadians who care about the state of fundamental freedoms in this country, care that, you know, that are also disturbed that hate crimes have gone up so much, um, then there are folks that are actually doing those really awful things like, you know, bullying people for who they are, who they love. Yeah. What are some of the things that you're doing at the conference? What can you share with us? Yeah, so we're going to be, uh, well, we're welcoming hundreds of queer, trans, and two-spirit leaders to the country right now. Uh, folks are actually starting to trickle into the hotel, which is really nice to see. But, you know, we're really going to be hosting um, those intimate conversations about where we go from here in the different, you know, legal sphere, healthcare, housing, like I spoke about earlier. Um, we have, we're also taking an international approach to the work as well. So working with our, our partners like Dignity Network Canada, we'll be looking at the way that hate is very much um, across borders. Um, we see kind of, you know, when things happen in the U.S., Canada just issued a travel advisory for queer and trans people going to the U.S. We know that the, the impact of when hate grows in the U.S., the impact really does, you know, hurt us here in Canada as well. So we'll be addressing that at the conference as well. Do you think that uh, that, that travel advisory was uh, was deserved? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that right now, um, Canadians have the right, as we always have, to make an informed decision about where we travel to. And when we are seeing those in the highest forms of power in, in their government, really taking issue at bullying some of the most marginalized people in their society, queer and trans folks, I think queer and trans folks, queer and trans Canadians have the right to make an informed decision before they go there. Are you seeing uh, anything positive? What are the Actually, I'm sure you are, but what are some of the positives that you're seeing in Canadian society? Tons. The first positive is the fact that we're having this conference and that hundreds of people from across the country, and when I say that, I mean that today already I've said hello and greeted people from the Yukon, visited, um, greeted people from Prince Edward Island, visited, um, greeted people from, from Ontario. There are, there's so much commitment in this, in this community. And here at the conference, it's not just queer and trans people, but so many allies um, are here on a, on, a, on a weekend to address this issue because it's important to them. Um, I think a great thing that, we, that we've seen in Canada as well is our inclusion of gender identity into the, into the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We have so much going for us. This is just a moment to remember that rights are not things to uh, forget about, but to continually fight for. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.